Welcome to this weekly audio digest edition of the Evening Times, from Friday the 25th to Thursday the 31st of January 2019, read by volunteers at Q&Review Review Print Speaking to the Blind at our studios in the Fisher Briggs Media Centre. The headlines in part one. Patients and staff warned not to drink tap water at Glasgow's crisis-hit hospital. Top cop, housebreaking in Govan Hill is infectious. Govan to Partick Bridge designs unveiled. Glasgow launches bid to become European capital sport in 2023. Girl 10 permanently disfigured after furniture fell on her at Silverburn's top shop. Derry Johnston, lack of consistency and leadership could cost Rangers in the title race. Glasgow residents in plea for CCTV to combat gang problem. Water row, Govan showman refuses to leave home despite £57 million regeneration project. Woodland fly tippers cause £1 million clean-up bill. Headache for charity. Coldest night of winter sees temperatures plunge below minus 11. Glasgow launches bid to become European capital sport in 2023. Teenager in a serious condition after being stabbed in Settleston. Almost £200,000 spent on scaffolding at Queen Elizabeth University Hospital to tackle faulty glass panels. Celtic free, Hamilton zero. Real firm accused of not bidding for work to shut down the Cali. Dog found of 26 centimetre blade lodged into its neck put down after becoming aggressive towards Glasgow staff. This is an article from the Evening Times, 28th of January 2019. Patients and staff warned not to drink tap water at Glasgow's crisis-hit hospital. According to hospital sources, the health board has stockpiled enough pallets of bottled water to last a year in the basement of a hospital, which is part of a crisis-hit Queen Elizabeth University campus. The hospitals are to be the subject of a major government inquiry following the death of a 10-year-old boy in December in an adult hospital linked to an infection caused by pigeon droppings. Last year, Scottish Water and Health Protection Scotland were called into the Children's Hospital and UK experts were consulted after six children developed infections linked to bacteria in the water supply. The Health Board carried out a raft of improvements at the hospital including replacing taps and shower heads and fitting water filters and is now spending £1.25 million upgrading the ventilation system in the one area of the Children's Hospital. A hospital source told the Evening Times, we've been told not to drink the water and supply the bottled water. If you go into the basement of a hospital, there are pallets and pallets of bottled water. We have enough bottles to last a year. Over the last few weeks, there must have upped the amount of chlorine in the tap, as every time we turn on the taps, the smell is really strong. Health Secretary Joanne Freeman announced on Wednesday that a major inquiry is to be launched into the design and construction of a hospital which opened in 2015. It followed calls in the Evening Times for action by construction experts and politicians. The hospital has been plagued by a series of problems, including contamination of water supply at Children's Hospital, and most recently the death of a 10-year-old boy in December who was treated for infections linked to pigeon droppings. The Health Secretary said it is believed that a child contracted the bug in the adult hospital. That area of the hospital has been closed while investigations continue and appointed cancer patients have been relocated. The Crown Office has confirmed it is investigating a death. Two other patients have been treated for separate fungal infection. 
In response to evening times regarding a tap water ban, NHS Greater Glasgow Clyde said the Cabinet Secretary has announced a review into the design, commissioning construction and maintenance of the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 29th of January 2019. Top Cop, housebreaking in Govan Hill is infectious, by columnist slash reporter Katrina Stewart. One of Govan Hill's most senior police officers has said housebreaking is infectious in the area, but Inspector Alex Hutton insisted local police are tackling the issue with recent significant arrests. Giving an overview of crime rates in the Southside area, Mr Hutton said crime levels are remaining relatively static. However, housebreaking and acquisitive crime is the biggest issue in the area. He said serious and common assaults were at their peak in December, which is normal at Christmas and New Year, but they came back down to the sorts of levels we should expect in January. The biggest issue we have is housebreaking and acquisitive crime. It is a big, big problem and challenge for us. There is a one in a million chance we have of catching someone in the act given we have around 1,000 common closes in the area. Speaking at the Govan Hill Regeneration Group meeting, Mr Harton went on to detail how break-ins are carried out in Govan Hill. He said perpetrators are not coming in through windows, they are coming in through the common clothes. It is a primitive method and very successful. They will gain access to a close, knock the door to see if anyone is home and then break through the door. There is no particular pattern or time of day. It is a very speculative crime. Mr Hutton said two men were caught in the act in Govan Hill last Wednesday night, January the 23rd. He added, this is a significant arrest and we have bail conditions in place to monitor their movements. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, who also attended the meeting of local community groups and officials, asked if housebreakings are higher in Govan Hill than elsewhere in the city. She said, does Govan Hill buck the trend? Are instances of housebreaking higher in this area? Mr Hutton said, I don't have comparison figures to hand, but Govan Hill has always been high for acquisitive crime. He added that policing resources are higher in Govan Hill than anywhere else in the city. The inspector said, I do get the importance of reducing the fear of crime. We have officers carrying out covert work as well as officers up and down common closes. He added, Previously, housebreakings dropped because one particular housebreaker was taken out of the picture. He was one of a small group of perpetrators, and we have had a few near misses, in that we brought them in for questioning, but didn't have enough to charge them, so there was a bit of a conveyor belt there. But we were eventually successful in a conviction which had a big impact. In particular, there are juvenile offenders who are really hard to try to manage and control. It is very hard to try and put sanctions on them, we tend to find these crimes are all interlinked. It is an infectious crime in the area. From April the 1st to October the 31st, numbers from Police Scotland show serious assaults are down by 13%, common assaults are down by 21%, and domestic housebreaking is down by 17%. By column slash reporter Katrina Stewart. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Govan to Partick Bridge designs unveiled. Once final plans are complete and a planning application approved, the bridge would be expected to be finished in the summer of 2021. The footbridge is part of the wider plans to regenerate in for two areas, in particular making the West End Shopping Centre culture and education opportunities in walking distance of Govan. It will span from Water Row in Govan on the south bank to an extended quay wall on the north bank of the river adjacent to the Riverside Museum a crossing of approximately 110 metres. And the bridge will be one of the largest opening footbridges in Europe, with an opening main span of 63 metres to let through larger boats, such as a Waverley. Councillor Susan Edkin, leader of Glasgow City Council and chairwoman of Glasgow City Region City Deal Cabinet, said the bridge connecting Govan and Partick will see the west end and the south side of the river reconnected, opening up new opportunities for these communities.
for development of waterfront and West End Innovation Quarter stretching from Byers Ward and University of Glasgow over the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital will see the bridges and the areas around it at the very heart of what promises to be the key area of growth for the city. Council bosses say the alignment of the bridge at the east bank of the river is in line with a historic route taken by vessels crossing the river upstream of River Kelvin. Views of the Riverside Museum will not be blocked thanks to its extended quarry wall, but the large opening span means the governed part at crossing faces technical challenges. Architects have settled on a cable stained swing bridge as the most elegant solution that will meet technical requirements while enhancing local landmarks and maximizing views of and from the bridge deck. It plans and inspired by the historic riverside cranes that once lined the quayside and should complement the architecture. Ground investigation works at the site are now complete and a final design will be developed over the next six months with a plan and application likely to be submitted in the summer of 2019. The work will be attended around the turn of the year with an appointment of a contractor to build a bridge expected in spring 2020. Construction work is due to take place between summer of 2020 and summer of 2021. In 2015, Glasgow City Council hosted a Saret, a public meeting or workshop, looking at a design and planning to look at regeneration of Governor Partick. One of the key themes for the Saret process were community support for a bridge as means of re-establishing historical connections between the communities. Extending from the city centre along a river corridor for Govan to the area around the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital, the bridge also extends to the north to include Glasgow University campus. The council hopes that by creating an easy link between economic assets such as University, Pacific Quay, Media Quarter, the SEC and the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, more depraved areas will be able to benefit. It will form part of a new active travel route from the University campus and North Bank to Queen Elizabeth Hospital on the south. The proposed bridge is already acting as a catalyst for development, with the University of Glasgow exploring the creation of a new waterfront innovation campus on vacant and delicate land to the north of Queen Elizabeth Hospital. The bridge will also help establish a cross-river cultural quarter linking key assets such as Riverside Museum and Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum on North Bank to Governor Parish Church and Fairland Heritage Centre on the South Bank. A new footbridge across the River Kelvin, provided by Glasgow Harbour Limited as a condition of their proposed development, will also link to Govan Park at Crossing. This will provide a new route to Parker Interchange, the fifth busiest transport hub in Scotland. The bridge will also link to an improved walking cycling route up Ferry Ward and Bunhouse Ward towards Partick Cross and Glasgow's University campus. If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of 8, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk and remember, when setting up the player, ask for the Q&Review Review channels. Now, back to the main programme.
The Evening Times News recorded on the 25th of January 2019. Glasgow launches bid to become European capital of sport in 2023 by Holly Lennon. Glasgow has launched a bid to become the European capital of sport in 2023. If successful, the city could become the first to win the coveted title twice after a successful campaign in 2003. Lord Provost Eva Bolander and Deputy Leader of Glasgow City Council, Councillor David MacDonald, made the announcement at the city's Emirates Arena, joined by Gian Francesco Lopatelli and John Swanson, President and Vice President of European Capitals and Cities of Sports Federation, Aces Europe. Glasgow was previously awarded the accolade by demonstrating its commitment to supporting grassroots level sport and ability to attract major sporting events. In the years since, the city has boosted its sporting reputation by hosting a series of world-class sporting events at venues including the 2014 Commonwealth Games and the first-ever European Championships in 2018. This year, Glasgow will hold the 2019 European Athletics Indoor Championships and the European Short Course Swimming Championships. In 2020, the World Men's Curling Championships and the UEFA European Championship football matches will be held in city venues. The success is the result of an investment of more than £200 million in sporting venues, which have attracted world-class athletes and international supporters and spectators. Since 2009, attendances at Glasgow Club sports facilities have increased by more than 50%, with the number of junior members attending sports clubs found to have more than quadrupled. Sports also adds huge value to the city's economy, contributing approximately £367 million and employing around 10,000 people across the sector. Last year, Glasgow retained its title as the fifth-best sporting city in the world, according to the Sport Business Ultimate Sports Cities Awards. Lord Provost said Glasgow routinely punches above its weight when it comes to sporting reputation. As one of the world's top five sports cities, we have a consistent track record of using sport to overcome the health and well-being challenges we face by involving local communities in major sporting events. Our city is excited to be bidding once again for the title of European Capital of Sport. If successful, we'd be the first city to hold the title twice. I'm looking forward to the bidding and judging process and wish our 2023 title competitors, Italy's Genoa and Ukraine's Kervivv, the best of luck. Gianfrancesco Lupatelli, President of Aces Europe, said, I have fond memories of being in Glasgow during 2002 and 2003 when the city won the award in 2003, and I am delighted that Glasgow has again decided to contest the award again for 2023 on the 20th anniversary of the previous award. I am very much looking forward to seeing the city again, and I wish Glasgow good luck with their bid in what will be a very strong competition with Genoa and Crivivi. By Holly Lennon. This is an article from the Evening Times, 28th January 2019. A girl 10 permanently disfigured after furniture fell on her at Silverburn's top shop. The schoolgirl, now 12, was with her mum when a cute barrier she swung on fell on her on February 7, 2017. She was taken to the Royal Hospital for Children where she was found to be suffering a skull fracture as well as cuts and bruises. The child has been left with a scar on her right temple and was off school for eight weeks. For Glasgow Sheriff Court, Arcadia Group LTD, who own a number of brands including Topshop and Topman, pled guilty to floating health and safety laws. They admitted they failed to make sure that the queue barrier was fixed to the fore or properly secured between January 2016 and February 2017. The court heard the barriers were usually used in a flagship stores and Silverburn wasn't one. They had been removed from the Argyle Street store and at some stage between January and March 2016 were moved to Silverburn but not correctly installed. Prosecutor Fiscal Dispute, Cretina Doe, explained how at 8.15pm a girl's mother heard a scream 
and turned to see a daughter lying on the floor of a cube barrier on top of her. Staff immediately removed it and an ambulance was called and a girl was taken to hospital. She was treated for a skull fracture and cut and she had bruises on her arms. Sarah Paul caused her deferred sentence until a later date. Remember, this weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times. Sport. Recorded on the 25th of January 2019. Derek Johnston. Lack of consistency and leadership could cost Rangers in the title race. By football columnist Derek Johnston. From the high of the hold firm game Wednesday night was a huge come down for Rangers and their supporters. There was so much expectation going into the match and the team were riding the crest of a wave. But as I warned in this column a couple of weeks ago... Feet should have been firmly on the ground because there is still such a long way to go. Losing the very next league game has taken away from all the good work that Rangers did by beating Celtic. Don't get me wrong, Kilmarnock are a good side and have now won their last six at home. So they are no mugs, but the manner of the defeat after being in front and flying was so disappointing. It's no good not having a failure against Celtic if nobody gets past marks against Kilmarnock in terms of attitude. Rangers were spot on in the old firm game, but that was far from the case at Rugby Park and that inconsistency will cost them. I thought Rangers actually started the game against Kilmarnock well and for the first 20 minutes, the tactics looked to be working. Going into the match, I thought it would be difficult for Steven Gerrard to find a system that could accommodate both Alfredo Morelos and Jermaine Defoe up front, but up until Rangers lost the equaliser, they looked good. Rangers could even have been more than a goal up in the early stages, and the signs were encouraging, but that all fell apart a bit after they conceded the terrible equaliser. Joe Warrell will know exactly how sloppy he was. Nobody needs to tell him. It was school by stuff. He has to learn from it. After the shock of losing that goal and Kamarnik hadn't really been in the match to that point, you would be looking for Rangers to up the pace and up their game, but it only rejuvenated Kamarnik and from then on they played very well. You know what you are going to get from Killy. Steve Clark has got them very fit and very well organised and Rangers really toiled after the goal. Suddenly everything was a struggle, passes were going astray, final balls into the box were poor and eventually another bit of sloppy play cost Rangers again. The Rangers told his players beforehand not to play any daft square passes on that surface but that's exactly what Ryan Kent did to give up possession. And from then on there was no way that James Trevernier could get back at Jordan Jones before he scored. But all the two individual errors were really sloppy and undoubtedly were costly to Rangers. I think the bigger concern for Gerrard will be the lack of leadership that was shown after his team had come up against a bit of adversity. The captain has come out after the game and called the performance embarrassing, but what Rangers need is players on the park to stand up and be counted when things aren't going well. There's plenty of experience in the team by now, and there should have been players grabbing their teammates by the scuffs of their necks and giving them a shake when it all started to go downhill. There doesn't seem to be an awful lot of that going on at Rangers when the chips are down, and it is sorely needed. When you have been on such a high and then are faced with such a low, you need people on your side that are going to get... You're going again. Unfortunately, there didn't seem to be anyone in Rangers jersey capable of doing that at Rugby Park. The game all rather fizzled out and it was far too easy for Kamara to just drop everybody in behind the ball and defend their box. The post-mortem will go on until the Livingston game and the manager's tactics and individual errors will be blamed. But the lack of leadership and consistency in terms of attitude are more pressing concerns. By football columnist Derek Johnston. This is an article from the Evening Times, 28th of January 2019. 
Male school residents in plea for CCTV to combat gang problem. Petitioners claim that people living near Old Wood Road are too frightened to leave their homes due to the increase in incidents which resulted recently in a shop owner being stabbed. They addressed councillors on Thursday afternoon. Speaking on behalf of lead petitioner Linda Lockhart, said I am here to ask if we can get CCTV cameras put up. There are 157 signatures from residents of Elliston. There have been robberies, stabbings and in 2016 a young boy was murdered. Police have asked us to submit this petition so we can identify those involved in these gangs. There are about 30 to 40 members. This is getting beyond a joke. People are too scared to go to local shops because it is that bad. The situation is getting out of hand and we need your help. Councillors were informed that reports of anti-social behaviour were low in Beniston compared to other parts of the city. Concerns were raised that CCTV might not improve the situation. Councillor Annette Christie said, I totally appreciate the situation you were in and I want to help. I can see this is very upsetting. No one should feel scared to leave their house, but as far as CCTV goes, I'm not sure if it will act as a deterrent. It may help police identify the gang members, or it might just move a problem elsewhere. If we know who these young people are, then perhaps we can get the social work involved. Chairman Councillor Ken Andrew said, I'm not sure CCTV would be effective. This is obviously an ongoing problem. We need to improve the situation, as this is clearly a very emotional experience for Miss Lockhart and her neighbours, but I do not think CCTV is the answer. But not every member agreed. Councillor Thomas Curse said, I respectfully disagree. I think CCTV cameras would help identify these people and help residents to feel safer. Councillor Martin Robbs added, I am not happy letting the concerns of residents go unrecognised. Something needs to be done. After consideration, the committee agreed that the issues raised in the petition deserved further attention and requested for a Director of Community Safety Glasgow. In its consultation, which is the Director of Community Empowerment and Equalities to consider the concerns raised in the petition. The Evening Times News recorded on the 30th of January 2019, Water Row, Govan Showman Refuses to Leave Home Despite £57 million Regeneration Project by Catherine Hunter and Mason Boycott Owen. A showman living on Govan's Water Row has vowed to fight moves to force him from his home ahead of a planned £57 million redevelopment of the area. All but one of the show people living in a caravan park on Water Row will be moved to a new location, but to Jimmy Stringfellow, who has lived at the site for 30 years, with wife Diane and their children, is defiant. He said, I'm not going anywhere. Jimmy has been involved in disagreements with Glasgow City Council for years, mostly fighting eviction notices. The authority is in talks with the two affected families in an effort to find an alternative place to live. Now a master plan for 200 new homes has been approved. They were informed in writing their yards could not be retained and it would restrict population growth. The council claims Water Row has become underused and is the site of an informal car park in the two show people yards. Work on the project, which features commercial and public space, is expected to begin early 2020 and completed by May 2021. Plans were discussed yesterday afternoon by the Neighbourhoods, Housing and Public Realm Committee. Patrick Flynn, Head of Housing and Services, said we anticipate the project will cost £57 million. We are still in negotiations with the travelling show people and there are two families who are based in Govan. There are two parties involved. We have found one family a suitable location but are still to determine an appropriate site for the other. They will not have to move until they are ready and happy to do so. We have a vision for the successful regeneration of the area. 
There will be 200 new homes, community space, cycling and walking routes. Consultation has taken place with the community and partner organisations to help them create this vision. Councillor Kenny McLean, City Convener for Neighbourhoods, Housing and Public Realm, said the Water Rule Master Plan points a way forward to a comprehensive regeneration of a location that will grow in importance to the city in future years. The Master Plan will not only bring new homes, businesses and jobs to Central Govan, but is also key to making the most of all the assets that the area has to offer. By Catherine Hunter and Mason Boycott Owen. The Evening Times News Recorded on the 28th of January 2019 Woodland fly tippers cause £1 million clean-up bill Headache for charity From the Evening Times Online A charity has been forced to spend more than £1 million clearing up fly tipping and litter from UK woodlands in the past five years The Woodland Trust said the annual bill for clearing up the illegally dumped mess on land it owns and takes care of was £200,000 in 2018 and over the last five years Cleanups have totaled £1.1 million. Woodlands are being used for hundreds of incidents of tipping and littering, with waste found ranging from fridge freezers and mattresses to carpeting, the remains of a garden wall and oil drums. In some of the more bizarre incidents, the Trust found a bath and even a shrine with a sheep's head. Lanniston in Scotland had the biggest bill for clearing rubbish, with costs of £14,000 in 2018. As in previous years, a big problem is green tipping, with commercial garden waste dumped in woods. In 2018, there were 1,290 separate fly-tipping and littering incidents, 998 of which occurred in English woodlands, the charity said. The worst region in England was the north, where the Trust had to undertake 576 clean-ups of illegal waste, of a cost more than £63,900. The Woodland Trust warned that while people might think dumping green waste was harmless, the additional nutrients carried by discarded plant material can harm the natural balance of woodland habitat. Other black spots last year were Smith Hills Estate in Bolton, where more than £11,000 was spent on clearing up mostly fly tipping, while just over £8,000 was spent at High Nolt, London, and almost £6,000 at Windmill Hill near Runcorn, Cheshire. Darren Murcroft, Director of Estate and Woodland Outreach, suggested a squeeze on council spending on refuse sites and charges for picking up some kind of household rubbish could be a factor in fly-tipping. He said reaching over £1 million spent in the last five years on cleaning up mess in our woods is clearly not a milestone to celebrate. The money could have helped us plant many trees or protect woods that are in desperate need of help. The rubbish also creates an eyesore, which affects people's overall visitor experience. Fly-tipping is an illegal activity, whilst it has a costly affair for us to take offenders through a legal process. We do hold that right and have prosecuted in the past, which can lead to substantial fines. He added, whilst not condoning people's behaviour and dumping this mess, one contributing fact could be the closure of council refuse sites and extra charges placed on the likes of green bins, certainly when it comes to garden waste mess, such as grass clippings. He added, that illegal tipping cases in Woodland Trust Woods were generally isolated and that they remain beautiful places to visit. From the Evening Times Online. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Coldest night of winter sees temperatures plunge below minus 11. All four countries in the United Kingdom set new records for 2018 to 2019. Winter with Senny Bridge, powers dropped to minus 9.3. Cage Bridge in Northern Ireland fallen to minus 8.2 and Red Scale Camp Northumberland recording temperatures of minus 10.4.
Glasgow's woken up to temperatures as low as 5 minus this morning. The freezing temperatures have led to weather warnings being issued by the Met Office for snow, ice and fog on Thursday and into Friday. Met Office forecaster Mark Wilson said the cold temperatures were due to stick around. He said it's been a very, very cold night on Thursday. We could see similar temperatures in Scotland, but Northern Ireland, England and Wales probably won't be as quite as cold. Southern Eastern Trains said 21 services have been cancelled or altered on Thursday morning to minimise the impact of ice forming on rails and ensure lines were clear, and that it would run its winter weather timetable on Friday due to the forecast. Manchester and Liverpool airports were brought to a standstill on Wednesday morning, and several schools closed across the UK due to house conditions. Mr Wilson said Central England and Wales could bear the brunt of the snow on Thursday afternoon and into the evening as wet weather coming through the south-west England turns wintry, with some places seeing up to four inches of snow. Yellow weather warning for ice are in place in north-western Scotland and northern western Isles, altering travellers to be very slippy of roads. A similar warning is in place for north-west England, south-west England, Wales, Yorkshire and the Humber. For Midlands and east of England, Greater London and the south of England should be also a fair fog making driving on icy roads even more complicated on Thursday morning. A yellow warning for snow is also in place across large swatches of England and is due to remain in place until late on Friday night. Most of Scotland should be also prepared for snowfall for Met Officers warned. Q and Review Print Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to audio ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on 0141 772 3976 or email aaatl at qandreview.com. That's aaatl at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141 772 3976 or email information at qandreview.com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times news recorded on the 25th of January 2019. Glasgow launches bid to become European capital of sport in 2023 by Holly Lennon. Glasgow has launched a bid to become the European capital of sport in 2023. If successful, the city could become the first to win the coveted title twice after a successful campaign in 2003. Lord Provost Eva Bolander and Deputy Leader of Glasgow City Council, Councillor David MacDonald, made the announcement at the city's Emirates Arena, joined by Gian Francesco Lopatelli and John Swanson, President and Vice President of European Capitals and Cities of Sports Federation, Aces Europe. Glasgow was previously awarded the accolade by demonstrating its commitment to supporting grassroots level sport and ability to attract major sporting events. In the years since, the city has boosted its sporting reputation by hosting a series of world-class sporting events at venues including the 2014 Commonwealth Games and the first ever European Championships in 2018. 
This year, Glasgow will hold the 2019 European Athletics Indoor Championships and the European Short Course Swimming Championships. In 2020, the World Men's Curling Championships and the UEFA European Championship football matches will be held in city venues. The success is the result of an investment of more than £200 million in sporting venues, which have attracted world-class athletes and international supporters and spectators. Since 2009, attendances at Glasgow Club sports facilities have increased by more than 50%, with the number of junior members attending sports clubs found to have more than quadrupled. Sports also adds huge value to the city's economy, contributing approximately £367 million and employing around 10,000 people across the sector. Last year, Glasgow retained its title as the fifth-best sporting city in the world, according to the Sport Business Ultimate Sports Cities Awards. Lord Provost said Glasgow routinely punches above its weight when it comes to sporting reputation. As one of the world's top five sports cities, we have a consistent track record of using sport to overcome the health and well-being challenges we face by involving local communities in major sporting events. Our city is excited to be bidding once again for the title of European Capital of Sport. If successful, we'd be the first city to hold the title twice. I'm looking forward to the bidding and judging process and wish our 2023 title competitors, Italy's Genoa and Ukraine's Kervivi, the best of luck. Gianfrancesco Lupatelli, president of Aces Europe, said, I have fond memories of being in Glasgow during 2002 and 2003 when the city won the award in 2003, and I am delighted that Glasgow has again decided to contest the award again for 2023 on the 20th anniversary of the previous award. I am very much looking forward to seeing the city again, and I wish Glasgow good luck with their bid in what will be a very strong competition with Genoa and Kriviri. By Holly Lennon. This is an article from the Evening Times, 28th of January 2019. Teenager in a serious condition after being stabbed in Settleston. The 18-year-old was attacked in Dalveen Street near Settleston Road around 2am on Sunday morning. Emergency services raced to the scene and took the teenager to Glasgow Royal Infirmary where his condition is described as serious. Enquiries into the incident are ongoing and police are appealing to anyone who was in the area at the time or who have may have witnessed the incident to get in touch via one-on-one. Two men aged 31 and 34 years old have been arrested following the assault. A spokeswoman for Police Scotland said two men aged 31 and 34 have been arrested and a man 18 was seriously injured and stabbed on Dalveen Street near Session Road shortly after 2am on Sunday. The injured man was taken to Glasgow Royal Infirmary for treatment. Hospital staff describe his condition as serious but stable. Inquiries are ongoing and officers are appealing for information. Anyone who is in the area and may have witnessed the incident is asked to get in touch via 101. The Evening Times News recorded on the 29th of January 2019 almost £200,000 spent on scaffolding at Queen Elizabeth University Hospital to tackle faulty glass panels by senior reporter Caroline Wilson. Almost £200,000 of NHS cash has been spent hiring scaffolding to tackle faulty glass panels at Glasgow's Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. Figures show NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde have shelled out the equivalent of around £15,000 a month on the equipment in just over a year. A number of glass panels in the adult hospital have shattered over the past year and a half. In the most serious case, one crashed 10 floors to the ground near the hospital entrance. The health board said it is not known how long the scaffolding will remain in place in two areas of the hospital because the reason for the failures has not been established. According to Freedom of Information figures, as of December 3rd, it has cost the health board £182,940 to hire scaffolding. A spokeswoman for NHS GGC said, Patient, visitor and staff safety 
is a priority for NHS GGC and the scaffolding has been erected for safety reasons. The Scottish Government has announced a major review is to be carried out into the design and construction of the £842 million hospital following a catalogue of problems since the hospital opened in 2015. These have included an issue with the water supply at the Children's Hospital which led to six patients being treated for bacterial infections. An investigation is underway into the death of a 10-year-old boy who was treated for a fungal infection linked to pigeon droppings in the adult hospital. The cryptococcus infection was named as a contributory factor in his death. Another patient, an elderly woman, was also treated for the bug, but it was not linked to her death. However, the health board said no further patients have been tested positive for either organism. Meanwhile, two other patients have been treated for a separate fungal infection, with one described as being in a serious condition. The hospital was originally designed by healthcare giant Nightingale Associates before the farm was bought out by Canadian-owned IBI Group in 2010. Health Secretary Gene Freeman said the inquiry would investigate if the building is fit for purpose. A spokesman for NHS GGC said, Patient visitor and staff safety is a priority for NHS GGC and the scaffolding has been erected for safety reasons. By senior reporter Caroline Wilson. This is an article from the Evening Times, 28th of January 2019. Celtic Free, Hamilton Zero. Michaelis Tiggs' left foot cross into a box seemed to carry a little threat, but as the keeper dropped a ball, Kirsty was on hand to knee a ball into the net. Scott Sinclair added a gloss to the scoreline with a third after Scott Brown had supplied Lustig and his cross was headed into the net by the ringer as the game drew to a close. Scott Brown kept the gloves for the visit but had little to do in the game, which Celtic dominated, but without displaying the same fluency as recent performances against Adrian St. Marine, Scott Sinclair had come close to grabbing the opening goal, when he went on a run before cutting inside and having a ferocious effort paired into a bar by Fulton. Timmy Ferrer making his first start for the club out to have netted into a Scott Martin slack back pass was pounced on by the American teenager thought too much about the chance, and it hit off of the advanced keeper. There should have been further goals in the second period. Oliver Burke and James Forrest arrived with a former denied a goal after his effort came off of Forrest. Further goals, however, followed as Celtic ran out comfortable winners as Brendan Rodgers got his birthday celebrations off to an ideal start. The Evening Times news recorded on the 29th of January 2019. Real Farm accused of not bidding for work to shut down the Cali. By political correspondent Stuart Patterson. Management at the closure-threatened Cali Rail Works have been accused of deliberately waiting bids to bolster their justification for shutting the yard. Unions believe there is available work for the site and investment in electrification would allow for more work to be secured. The Evening Times this week backed the efforts to save the Cali and called on government politicians and owners to work together to secure its future. The Springburn site is due to close when a 45-day consultation period comes to an end on March the 4th, with the loss of 120 full-time jobs and more agency workers. Unite the Union has launched its rally run, the Calais campaign, calling for government to take ownership of the site and workforce. The Union said owners, Gemini Rail, have been tendering token bids to claim it is looking for contracts. Pat McIlvogue of Unite said... A real concern is that there is work in the depot. Gemini has bid for some work, but not others. There is a degree of tokenism that bids have been weighted. They can claim they are trying, but are adding in costs. We do not believe the depot is making the losses Gemini claim it is. 
Electrification will allow diversification and make the depot more viable. The firm denied the union claims and said that it has bid for work and is in discussions about more, even though it is proposing closure of the depot. Nick Fitzwater, MD of Gemini Rail Services, said, The claims are categorically untrue. In fact, the company issued a full and clear update over the status of several bids. Gemini Rail Services has submitted for contracts when it met with the Transport Secretary Michael Masson and other stakeholders including Unite at a meeting on January the 23rd at St Andrews House. There's also HST work currently being carried out at Springburn and we are in discussions with ScotRail about potential future HST work. Two MSPs have lodged motions at Tollywood calling for action to secure the facility. Bob Doris, SNP MSP for Mary Hill and Springburn has a motion stating the 45 Day consultation period should be extended. James Kelly, Labour Glasgow MSP, also has a motion calling for the Scottish Government to do what it can to secure the site. By political correspondent Stuart Patterson. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Dog found of 26 centimetre blade lodged into its neck put down after becoming aggressive towards Glasgow staff. Aslan for Johnston Bull Terrier underwent emergency surgery after he was found with a 26cm blade lodged in the back of his neck in Edinburgh on January 7th. He was in stable condition and responded well to the treatment, but after being moved to the SSPCA Rehoming Centre in Cardonald, he became aggressive towards staff. It became impossible for the charity's most experienced team members to interact with a four-year-old dog and he became increasingly out of control. The SSPCA has to put Aslan down to s- The SSPCA has now put Aslan to sleep after concluding he was dangerous and would not be able to join a loving home every animal deserves. In a statement, the charity said at the Scottish SPCA, we were proud of our commitment to never put a healthy animal to sleep and every year we successfully help thousands of animals rehabilitate both physically and mentally and join loving homes, no matter how long it takes. In a very small number of cases, we are, however, not able to achieve this happy outcome. In these difficult situations, we have responsibility to make our right decision for an animal's welfare and for the people with whom he or she comes into contact. To confine an animal to a kennel for the rest of his life with little to no interaction of people is no life at all. This would have been a future Aslan faced. It is with a heavy heart that following consultation with very experienced members of our animal welfare team and our chief veterinary officer, we have had to take the difficult decision to end Aslan's struggle in life. The charity has said it is continuing to investigate what led to Aslan being stabbed in the first place and has appealed for anyone with information. We added we know Aslan's story has touched many people, including our own team, and we are determined that this story does not end here. In his time with us, it became clear that he was not at the most relaxed in our sensory garden. We are set to expand the garden soon, and we will come up with an appropriate fitting way to honour the memory of Aslan and other animals who find themselves in such a tragic position. Although this is heartbreakingly sad, please do remember that Aslan is an exception to the norm. In the vast majority of cases we help, animals we do discover their love, confidence and trust in people. In the instance when that is not possible, it never gets an easy to accept. This is the end of part one. After a short break, we'll be coming back in part two with more great articles 
from the Evening Times. Visually impaired people are being invited to see if they are eligible for a free, specially adapted radio from a charity. The British Wireless for the Blind Fund, BWBF, provides the equipment to those with sight loss around the UK who meet its criteria. Radio is a lifeline to those who are blind and partially sighted, providing companionship and helping them to keep in touch with what's going on in the world, as well as in the local community. BWBF offers equipment free of charge to those who have sight loss and are in receipt of a means-tested benefit. BWBF is launching its Reaching Out campaign to try and increase awareness about their equipment and help more people who are blind and partially sighted. Our regional development manager, Sophie Weldon, said, Our radios are designed so that a person with sight loss can use them easily and independently. All equipment is delivered to the home by a volunteer who sets it all up and provides support in using it. We offer a range of equipment, digital radios, CD players, memory stick players, internet radio and even a specially designed app. Our radios are vital to someone who cannot see. They provide news, information and entertainment, but also, more importantly, companionship and a friendly service. If you or someone you know is interested in a BWBF radio, please contact Sophie Weldon at sophie at blind.org.uk that is s-o-p-h-i-e at b-l-i-n-d dot org dot uk or phone 01283 790208 that's 01283 790208 or on 07540 724 063. That is 07540 724 063. To find out more about the British Wireless for the Blind Fund, follow us on Twitter at British Wireless, like us on Facebook, or go to blind.org.uk. Now, back to the main Welcome back. The headlines in part two. NHS bosses assures patients Glasgow intensive care units are safe following deaths of two babies. Stephen Gerrard doesn't expect Glenn Kamara to complete Ranger switch before January deadline. Glasgow bus attack. Police release image of man after passenger left of serious facial injury. Glasgow schools shake up. Catchment area rules to change under new plans. Another rise in homelessness and temporary accommodation in Glasgow. Patients and staff warned not to drink tap water at Glasgow's crisis at hospital. Please stop Scott driving snow-covered car with just a small square of wind skin cleared. Stephen Gerrard pleased with Rangers' reaction after deserved one over Livingston. Matt Polster can't wait to get down to business after clinching Rangers' deal. Missing man dies after being found in River Clyde. Brendan Rogers believes Scott Brown has eyes on coaching role. Outraged Bears Den residents vow to fight potential social housing bid on Greenbelt land. Retail giant hit with 450 fine after girl fractured skull in Silverburn Top Shop. Hundreds more women put in equal pay claims. Man rushed to hospital after being found seriously injured off Paisley Road West. Another rise in homeless and temporary accommodation in Glasgow. Travelodge's Glasgow Jobs calls C600 applicants for 15 posts. Delta starlet Ewan Henderson signs three and a half year deal with the double treble winners. Sister of homeless woman found dead in Glasgow dies in second tragedy. John Harson says modern day players can't accept criticism in the wake of Neil Lennon's hip suspension. Repair teams work overnight to urgently fix Glasgow train tracks amid cancellations. Second Taco Bell to open in Glasgow city centre.
This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st January 2019. NHS bosses assures patients Glasgow intensive care units are safe following deaths of two babies. Jason Leach, National Clinical Director for the NHS Scotland, said there's no better place than a resident for parents to have their premature babies treated than in a country. His comments come after two babies died after being treated for a blood infection at the Princess Royal Maternity Hospital. An incident management team, IMT, has been set up to investigate three linked cases in a neonational unit. Speaking on BBC Scotland, Mr Leach said this particular type of infection has fallen by 93% in the last 10 years in Scotland. He said there are very rare offence, but the fact that they're rare gives us all more opportunity to learn and aim for at least a zero. Although leading road in infection control, Scotland can get better still, and these tragic cases allow us to look again at the levels of hand washing and levels of infection with devices which is often how users' infections are entered into the bloodstream, and other things that we can learn. I understand the concern of patients. I speak to these families in the units. I will tell the public of Glasgow and further afield that this unit is safe, and if your baby is premature and requires care, there is exactly the place you want to be. We have highly skilled staff, very concerned staff about these infections, who will work tirelessly to ensure these infections are kept to an absolute minimum. There was no better place in the Western world to have your premature babies looked after than an intensive care unit in Scotland. Investigations are continuing into two separate fungal infections at Glasgow's Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. The Crown Office is examining the deaths of a 10-year-old boy and an elderly woman who were treated for an infection linked to pigeon droppings. Following the deaths, Mr. List all units have undergone a deep clean but infection control is extremely difficult in places with higher patient turnover. He explained of any environment with healthcare which is with patients admitted and discharged, there isn't any question that there is a difficult area to maintain infection control procedures. That is why Health Protection Scotland, Health Facilities Scotland and the healthcare environment are helping us to ensure that they are doing all we can. A deep clean has gone through of units that happens routinely when we have that little outbreaks which unfortunately are a fact of life. We have started with hygiene procedures and look again at the device insertion procedures like needles that go into these small babies and there will be Health Protection Scotland that triggers a conversation with experts in infection control. Evening Times, but recorded on the 30th of January 2019. Stephen Gerrard doesn't expect Glenn Kamara to complete Rangers switch before January deadline by group senior sports writer Christopher Jack. Stephen Gerrard doesn't expect Dundee midfielder Glenn Kamara to make a move to Ibrox before the end of the transfer window tomorrow night. The Finnish internationalist put pen to paper on a pre-contract agreement earlier this month as he and Kilmarnock winger Jordan Jones committed their futures to the light blues for the next four years. Dens Park boss Jim McIntyre is keen to offload Kamara in the next 48 hours rather than keep him on side for the second half of the Premiership campaign. But Gerrard is happy to play the waiting game before bringing the 23-year-old on board if no deal can be done before the close of business on Thursday. He said that will remain private. We have obviously spoken to Dundee about the situation, but from where Rangers stand on it, the ball's in Dundee's court. As we said right now, I expect Glenn to join us in the summer. By grossing your sports writer, Christopher Jack. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. 
Glasgow bus attack, police release image of man after passenger left of serious facial injury. The incident on the number two first bus happened at around one... The incident on the number two first bus happened at around 1 past 10 a.m. on Saturday, November 3rd, 2018, and man was assaulted by another male on the bus as it approached a stop close to 162 on Dumbarton Road. The man left the bus and the victim was taken by ambulance to Queen Elizabeth University Hospital for treatment to a facial injury. Police are keen to trace a man in a CCTV image as they believe he may be able to help. He is described as right in his early 20s, 6 foot tall of medium build, with short dark hair. He is wearing a grey hooded top, dark blue jeans and dark trainers with a right sole. He is also has a distinctive birthmark or mole on his right cheek. Constable Anna Campbell from Drumchapel Police Station said I would appeal to anyone who recognises a man in the image or for the man in the image to contact us, as it is important we speak to him as part of our investigation. Anyone with information is asked to contact officers at Drumchapel Police Station via 101, call an instant number 0288 of Saturday, November 3rd, 2018. Alternatively, call Crime Stoppers on 0800-555-111, where details can be given in confidence. The Evening Times News recorded on the 28th of January 2019. Glasgow School Shake-Up. Catchment area rules to change under new plans. By columnist slash reporter Katrina Stewart. The entry criteria for 18 Glasgow secondary schools will now change following a public consultation. As previously reported in the Evening Times, the council planned to make the entry requirements the same for all secondary schools. Changes which will begin in 2020 will affect 18 secondaries across the city and were passed by the city's administration committee. During the consultation, there were six public meetings held at various schools, which 19 people attended. Executive Director of Education, Maureen McKenna, met with some of the parent council from Craigton Primary School, and around 850 people registered with an online survey to give their views. The 18 non-delineated secondary schools, All Saints Secondary School, Castlemilk High School, Clevedon Secondary School, Drumchapel High School, Govan High School, Lockend Community High School, Lord Secondary School, Notre Dame High School, Shawlands Academy, Smithycroft Secondary School, Springburn Academy, St Margaret Mary's Secondary School, St Mungo's Academy, St Balls High School, St Rock Secondary School, St Thomas Aquinas Secondary School, Whitehill Secondary School, Glasgow Gaelic School. Of those responses, 284 came from Notre Dame Secondary School and were described in the committee report as varied and polarised. A separate consultation is to be held about the future of the single-sex school. Councillor Chris Cunningham City Convener for Education, Skills and Early Years said the consultations looking at secondary school catchment areas across the city and placing request criteria was the ideal opportunity for all interested parties to make their views known. We've listened to parents, families and the local community and made changes to a number of the original proposals and that's reflected in the final report to committee. Parents should note that the current placing request criteria stay in place until August 2019. Currently, 12 schools are delineated, meaning entry is defined by a geographical catchment area. The other 18 are non-delineated, and entry to them depends on which primary school a child attends. Education policies will make all secondary schools delineated. The catchment areas for St Rock Secondary School, All Saints Secondary School, Springburn Academy, Smithycroft Secondary School and St Stephen's Primary School will be amended and a small area of shared catchment between Bell Houston Academy and Shawland Secondary will be created.
The whole of Tory Glen Primary School catchment area will be included as part of the delineated catchment of Kings Park Secondary School. Until August 2025, parents will be allowed a priority placing a request into the secondary school that was previously associated with their primary school. By columnist slash reporter Katrina Stewart. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Another rise in homelessness and temporary accommodation in Glasgow. Figures for July to September 2018 show there was 2,145 households in temporary flats rent for a permanent home. It is an increase of 6% from the year before, when there was 2,021 from 2016, when there was 1,941 in temporary accommodation. The latest figures, however, show a slight drop in homelessness applications in the city down from 1,403 to 1,373 over the year. Homelessness and housing campaigners said alarm bells should be ringing with the latest statistics. Across Scotland, homelessness applications increased by almost 300 in a year to almost 18,500 between July and September of last year. Graham Brown, director of Shelter, said these figures are bad news for anyone facing homelessness in Scotland, and if alarm bells weren't already ringing in Hollywood, they should be now. Homelessness in Scotland continues to increase. We have even more children in homeless nation than last year. People having to stay longer in temporary accommodation with their lives in limbo. And with hundreds of breaches of the unsustainable accommodation order and household being turned away from temporary accommodation, they are entitled to thousands of times. It is clear there is a housing emergency in Scotland. Labour said it was a disgrace and demanded action on the cause of homelessness and approved funding for services. Pauline McNeil, Glasgow MSP and the party housing spokeswoman, said these figures are disgraceful and should prompt hard questions inside the government. It is clear that the sinister problems that led to homelessness are not being tackled, and that before we consider the impact of the SNP's £1.5 billion worth of cuts to councils since 2011, these cuts threaten vital services and mean people fall through the cracks because we aren't getting the support they need. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 28th of January 2019. Patients and staff warned not to drink tap water at Glasgow's crisis at hospital by senior reporter Caroline Wilson. Young patients and staff at Glasgow's Royal Hospital for Children have been banned from drinking tap water it has emerged. According to hospital sources, the health board has stockpiled enough pallets of bottled water to last a year in the basement of the hospital, which is part of the crisis at Queen Elizabeth University campus. The hospitals are to be the subject of a major government inquiry following the death of a 10-year-old boy in December in the adult hospital linked to an infection caused by pigeon droppings. Last year, Scottish Water and Health Protection Scotland were called into the Children's Hospital and UK experts were consulted after six children developed infections linked to bacteria in the water supply. Pediatric patients being treated for cancer were transferred into the adult hospital after the problem emerged in March and treated with antibiotics. The health board carried out a raft of improvements at the hospital including replacing taps and shower heads and fitting water filters and is now spending £1.25 million upgrading the ventilation system in one area of the children's hospital. A hospital source told the Evening Times, We've been told not to drink the water and supplied with bottled water. If you go into the basement of the hospital, there are pallets and pallets of bottled water. We have enough bottles to last a year. Over the last few weeks, they must have upped the amount of chlorine in the tap water, as every time you turn on the taps, the smell is really strong. Health Secretary Jane Freeman announced on Wednesday that a major inquiry is to be launched into the design and construction of the hospital which opened in 2015. 
and followed calls in the evening times for action by construction experts and politicians. The hospital has been plagued by a series of problems, including contamination of the water supply at the Children's Hospital and most recently the death of a 10-year-old boy in December who was treated toward a cryptococcus infection linked to pigeon droppings. The health secretary said it is believed that the child contracted the bug in the adult hospital. The area of the hospital has been closed while investigations continue and paediatric cancer patients have been relocated. The current office has confirmed it is investigating the death. Two other patients are being treated for a separate fungal infection, mucor, with one described as seriously ill. Ms Freeman denied in an interview to BBC on Sunday that she had said infection control was good enough at the hospital. She said, first of all, I did not say that I believed the infection control in the hospital was good enough. What I said was the hospital had undertaken everything that I believed they should have in order to provide additional infection control in the light of both the cryptococcus and the second unrelated fungal infection. By senior reporter Caroline Wilson. Cue and Review Print Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to audio ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on 0141 772 3976 or email aaatl@qandreview.com. That's aaatl at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141-772-3976 or email information at qandreview.com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme. This is an article from Evening Times, 31st January 2019. Police stop Scott driving snow-covered car with just a small square of wind skein cleared. The driver was stopped by police on year 9 at Fursal, Caithness in the Highlands in the early hours of Tuesday as snow and sleet fell across parts of the country. The car's rear and side windows are completely covered with snow while only a small area had been cleared on the front windscreen. Police issued the driver of a fixed penalty notice and warned other motorists to clear snow and ice from their vehicles before setting off. They have posted pictures of a snowy car on social media and said winter has been hit biting for most of us this week, which means it is more important than ever that your vehicles are suitably prepared for roads. Unfortunately, not everyone follows this advice. Officers on patrol stopped this car which has been driving on a year nine in the early hours of the morning. Appropriate action has been taken against the driver in relation to walk traffic offences. It is important before you set off to make sure your windows are clean properly and clear of snow and ice before you drive. The Met Office has issued yellow weather warnings of snow and ice in most of the UK on Tuesday and Wednesday. Up to 10 centimetres of snow could fall at high levels in some areas, with one of two centimetres expected on lower ground.
Snow assurance could return on Wednesday, and there is a risk of further disruptive snow and ice to parts of the country towards the end of the week. Motorists face difficult driving conditions on Tuesday morning, and snow and sleet fall in some areas. The Evening Times Sport Recorded on the 28th of January 2019, Stephen Gerrard pleased with Rangers' reaction after deserved one over Livingston by group senior sports writer Christopher Jack. Stephen Gerrard got the reaction he was looking for from Rangers as they returned to winning ways with a much-needed Premiership victory at Livingston. The Light Blues lost three crucial points in the title race as they turned in a below-par performance and went down 2-1 to Kilmarnock in midweek. But they bounced back at the first attempt on Sunday as goals from Ryan Jack, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morales clinched a comfortable top-flight triumph. Gerard said, I thought we thoroughly deserved our win. I thought we were excellent from start to finish. I thought we matched Livingston in the fight and the battle early on, and we competed with them in every single department, and then our quality came through. Yeah, we did. We got a response and we got a reaction. I think the key to today was we were perfect defensively. More often than not, if we defend perfectly and we don't give people chances or goals, it gives us the chance to go and win games because of the quality we've got. I thought we were very persistent today. We kept going and creating chances, and we ended up killing Livingston off. We could have done it earlier, but thankfully there wasn't a nervous ending. I thought we were strong and deserved our win. Gerard made four changes to the side that lost at Rugby Park, as Nikola Katic, Borna Barizic, Ross McCrory, and Daniel Candias came back into the starting lineup. Winger Candias had missed out against Killy after Gerard switched his system and brought Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe into the side. Now the Ibrox boss, who dismissed reports Southampton could make a move for Captain James Trevernier, has urged his players to hit their levels on a more regular basis to give them the best chance possible during the closing weeks of the title race. Gerard said, Candias was outstanding, full of energy. When Daniel plays with that aggression and intensity, he's a live wire. He presses and harries opponents, and we got a lot of joy on the back of his hard work today. He wasn't dropped against Kilmarnock, it's a squad game. The 11 are going to change, the formation is going to change, people have to come in and contribute, and that's what they get paid very well to come and do. There is no time for us to feel sorry for ourselves. The challenge for us now as a team is can we find consistency, because we take one, two, three or four steps forward and then we take a big step back. If we want to become a good team, and a successful team who are going to compete for what is available, we have to find consistency. By Gripsnayer sports writer Christopher Jack. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Matt Polster can't wait to get down to business after clinching Rangers deal. The American put pen to paper on a two and a half year deal with the light blues on Wednesday following a successful trial period. Polster had been trainer of Stephen Gerrard's squad for several weeks and was with Gears at their winter base in Tenerife as he convinced bosses Gerrard to bring him on board. Now he has a chance to prove his talents at Ibox after becoming the third arrival of a January transfer window following a captures at German Defoe and Stephen Davis on loan deals from Bonmonth and Southampton respectively. Polster was most recently turning out for the MLS side in Chicago Fire, and the 25-year-old can't wait to get down to business of Rangers this term. He told Rangers TV, This is something that I always dreamed of doing. As a little boy, a lot of people would know that I've always wanted to play in Europe before even going to MLS. To finally do it with this kind of club has left me feeling speechless in a way. 
It's been busy. My fiancé and I travelled to Paris to get our work visas, and we were able to get that done and fly back here. Now that's all signed and sealed, I am ready to play. I've always wanted to challenge myself, and I always wanted to be in a competitive environment. Obviously here, the standards and expectations are high, and that's what I want to be a part of. First time I came on trial, we played against Hamilton, and the atmosphere was incredible. The locker rooms were amazing, the stadium amazing, and the fans amazing, so I'm excited to get back out there. My aims are to obviously to grow as a player and to develop, but I want to get into a team to play and start games, and that's my goal. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 28th of January 2019. Missing man dies after being found in River Clyde, by Holly Lennon. A man who was rescued from the River Clyde after disappearing from a restaurant has died in hospital. The alarm was raised for the 42-year-old when he was reported missing from an eatery on Rue End Street in Greenock, Inverclyde, at around 1pm on Saturday. Police, the Coast Guard and the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service carried out a search for the missing man and he was recovered from the water in the harbour at around 2.30pm. He was taken to Inverclyde Royal Hospital, where he died a short time later. A Police Scotland spokeswoman said inquiries are ongoing to establish the full circumstances surrounding the incident. A report will be submitted to the Procurator Fiscal by Holly Lennon. If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of 8, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk and remember, when setting up the player, ask for the Q&Review Review channels. Now, back to the main programme. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Brendan Rodgers believes Scott Brown has eyes on coaching role. I don't believe anything is finalised, said Rogers. He is very happy here and we have given him any time. Scott is back to fitness and it would be brilliant for the club, his teammates and me if he stays. He has been brilliant captain and hopefully he will sign. Scott could be a coach here in the future. There will always be a role here, it just depends on how far he wants to go into it. But to have the quality of person as leadership, once his time is done as a player... The club will want to maximise that and nurture him as a coach. Meanwhile, Rogers insisted that he was delighted with the performance against St Johnston and Celtic started to pull away at the top. I was delighted with the performance because we played very well in the game, said the Celtic manager. In the first 25 minutes, we were too safe. We kept a ball, had possession, but St Johnston had a good shape and we were too safe in our passing. It was a bit slow. Then we started to play better in the last 15 minutes of the first half. We changed the shape of the midfield and ringers at half-time. We covered the spaces better and that allowed us to find the gaps. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 25th of January 2019. Outrage Bears Den residents vow to fight potential social housing bid on Greenbelt land by Maxine MacArthur. Bears Den residents have been urged to fight against the potential erection of social housing on the Greenbelt site. Claims developers were spotted on the protected land, which lies between Mulgai and Bears Den, bounded by the Mains Estate, Mosshead and North Beljaffrey, has sparked fears 
Eastern Bartonshire Council could be set to erect social housing on the site in line with the area's second local development plan. Bearsden North Community Council called on residents to attend a meeting to discuss the potential developments to the area in a bid to halt the proposal ever coming to fruition. In a statement, the council said any reduction of this protected greenbelt will make farming unsustainable, so we cannot afford to lose any of it, not even one field or part of one field. Additional housing will also put pressure on the local infrastructure and amenities. As you all already know, local schools are at capacity. There are long awaiting times for GP appointments. The trains are unreliable. Both the roads into Glasgow A81 Mulgai Road and A810 Dryman Road are congested and the air quality at Bearsden Cross breaches permitted pollution levels. Further erosion of the protected greenbelt between Mulgai and Bearsden will not address any of these challenges. The local authority remained tight-lipped on its plans for the site. Thomas Glenn, Deputy Chief Executive of Place, Neighbourhood and Corporate Assets, said, In line with the requirements of government, the Council is currently carrying out early engagements to identify key priorities for Local Development Plan 2, LDP2. Residents are encouraged to submit their views in a questionnaire which is available online and in libraries. In addition, the Council is required to carry out a call for sites, which is asking communities and developers to provide information about areas which they would wish to see considered for potential development. At this stage, no decisions have been made on how much development is needed or where it will go, but we welcome views from all interested parties. By Maxine MacArthur. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Retail giant hit with 495 after girl fractured score in Silverburn Top Shop. The schoolgirl, now 12, who cannot be named, was with her mum at Topshop in Silverburn Shopping Centre in Glasgow Pollock when a queue barrier she swung on fell on her. She was taken to Royal Hospital for Children where she was found to be suffering a skull fracture as well as cuts and bruises. The child has been left with a scar on the right temple and was off school for eight weeks. Arcadia Group, LTD, which owns a number of brands including Topshop and Topman, pleaded guilty to fluffing health and safety laws last week at Glasgow Sheriff Court today. Sheriff Paul Crosser, Cardiac Group, had acknowledged their fault by pleading guilty to breach health and safety in what was a sad and serious incident. He said as a result of the company's failings, a 10-year-old suffered a severe injury and permanent disfigurement, but he noted they have taken steps to make sure there was no repeat of that breach. Arcadia Group, LTD, admitted they failed to make sure the queue barrier was fixed to the floor or properly secured. Between January 2016 and February 2017, that led to the girl being injured to a severe injury and permanent disfigurement. The court heard the barriers were usually only used in flagship stores and Silverburn wasn't one. They had been removed from our Gal Street store and at some stage between January and March 2016 were moved to Silverburn but not correctly installed. The Evening Times News recorded on the 29th of January 2019. Hundreds more women put in equal pay claims by political correspondent Stuart Patterson. Hundreds more women have filed equal pay claims after the council agreed a settlement worth £500 million. The deadline for submitting claims to be included in the payout expected sometime in the next financial year has now passed. Potential claimants had until last week to register with either our union or lawyers. They have a deadline this week for putting the claim to the council. Lawyers said they have received an extra 750 claims on top of the 14,500 that were already being dealt with in the negotiations. Women can still claim but can only claim for 5 years backdated pay, whereas those who filed earlier will be eligible for 12 years. Some women are expected to get a payout of more than £100,000. Stefa Cross, QC for Action for Equality, said, 
Women had until last week to submit new claims. Anyone submitting after that won't be included in this round of the settlement. The GMB union has also said that they agree no new forms would be sent out after last week and they will be submitting new claims received before then this week. The high number of new claims, despite years of publicity surrounding equal pay, means there is likely to be some women who have not made a claim who could be eligible. Glasgow City Council agreed with representatives for the 14,500 women a deal to settle the equal pay claims. It is expected that the payments will be budgeted for in the next financial year from April onwards. There will be second claims to be considered for those still employed by the council until the new pay and grading system takes effect in 2021. By political correspondent Stuart Patterson. This is an article from the Evening Times. 31st of January 2019. Man rushed to hospital after being found seriously injured off Paisley Ward Rest. Police Scotland said its officers were called to Langshot Street at Clifford Lane near to Paisley Ward Rest at around 12.50pm after a 25-year-old man was found injured. He was reportedly attacked by two Asian men at some point between 12pm and when police were alerted. Emergency services attended the victim and was taken to ambulance to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital for treatment to serious leg injuries. Medical staff describe his condition as stable. Detectives are now appealing for information. Detective Sergeant Doug Stevenson from Govan CID said at this time it is unclear why the victim was attacked and it is vital anyone with information that could help us to get to the bottom of what has happened to come forward. I would appeal to anyone who even witnessed the incident or noticed anything at all suspicious to please get in touch. I would also urge any motorists with dash cams who are in an area between 12pm and 12.50pm to check their footage in case they have captured anything which might be of significance, such as people running away. Anyone with information is asked to contact Govan CID via 101, quote an instant number 1571 of Tuesday, January 29th, 2019. Alternatively, call Crime Stoppers at 0800 where details can be given in confidence. The Evening Times news recorded on the 30th of January 2019. Another rise in homeless and temporary accommodation in Glasgow by political correspondent Stuart Patterson. The number of homeless households and temporary accommodation in Glasgow has increased in the last year. Figures for July to September 2018 show there were 2,145 households in temporary flats waiting for a permanent home. It is an increase of 6% from the year before, when there were 2,021, and from 2016, when there was 1,941 in temporary accommodation. The latest figures, however, show a slight drop in homeless applications in the city, down from 1,403 to 1,373 over the year. Homelessness and housing campaigners said alarm bells should be ringing with the latest statistics. Across Scotland, homelessness applications increased by almost 300 in a year to almost 18,500 between July and September last year. Graham Brown, director of Shelter, said, These figures are bad news for anyone facing homelessness in Scotland, and if alarm bells weren't already ringing in Holyrood, they should be now. Homelessness in Scotland continues to increase, with even more children in homeless temporary accommodation than last year and people having to stay longer in temporary accommodation with their lives in limbo. And with hundreds of breaches of the unsuitable accommodation order and households being turned away from temporary accommodation, they are entitled to thousands of times. It is clear there is a housing emergency in Scotland. Labour said it was a disgrace and demanded action on the causes of homelessness and improved funding for services. Pauline McNeil, 
Glasgow MSP in the party's housing spokeswoman said, These figures are disgraceful and should prompt hard questions inside the government. It is clear that the systematic problems that lead to homelessness are not being tackled, and that's before we consider the impact of the SNP's £1.5 billion worth of cuts to councils since 2011. Those cuts threaten vital services, I mean people fall through the cracks, because they aren't getting the support they need. By political correspondent Stuart Patterson. Remember, this weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts. For free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Travelodge Glasgow Jobs calls C600 applicants for 15 posts. The hotel chain has six properties in Glasgow and has created a new team for its latest addition in Govan. Selby McKinnon, hotel manager, managed to whittle down the applicants to recruit her team of 15 in just three days. Shelby said, I'm overwhelmed by the amazing response I've received for 15 positions I'd advise to join my new team. I was looking for individuals who are passionate about delivering a great customer service, and I'm delighted that I now have a great team of local people in place. My focus right now is to train my team up that we could create the ground running when our hotel opens this spring, as we are set for a busy year ahead. Jobs included eight receptionist posts and bar, cafe team members with six health-keeping staff. Shelby joined Travelodge as a hotel manager 18 months ago and has gained a wealth of experience working across six Glasgow-based Travelodge hotels in preparation for the new hotel near for Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. Glasgow governed Travelodge, a 60-room hotel, if an on-site restaurant called a bar cafe represents a multi-million investment for the landlord. It will be the company's seventh hotel in Glasgow and its 45th property in Scotland. Evening Times Sports recorded on the 30th of January 2019. Celtic starlet Ewan Henderson signs three and a half year deal with the double treble winners. By Chief Football Writer Matthew Lindsay. Celtic today announced that Ewan Henderson, the 18 year old midfielder who made his second first team appearance against St. Mirren last week, has signed a new three-and-a-half-year contract, which ties him to Parkhead until 2022. Henderson, younger brother of former Celtic and Hibs midfielder Liam, and son of ex-Partick Thistle and Hamilton player Nicky, made his debut when he came on as a substitute against Kilmarnock last May. And he impressed when he got on the park in the Ladbrokes Premiership match against St Mirren last Wednesday night and helped set up Timothy Wee for a fourth goal. His performance earned him praise from manager Brendan Rodgers, who said, Young Ewan Henderson, who I believe is a big talent, just needs maturation and experience, but you could see that talent and his beautiful pass that allows Timothy to finish. It was really good to watch. Speaking to the Celtic View this week, Ewan said, It was great to feature in the matchday squad against St Mirren. I didn't know if I'd get on, and it was very much a case of just taking it as it comes and seizing my opportunity if it came along. I was hoping to get the chance, and I got the chance. It was really good. It was a really good night all in. At this stage, I'm just taking everything day by day. I'll continue to work hard and I'll try my best to get chances in the first team. If I can get them, then I'll take them. All I want to do is try my best. 
It's really good looking at players like Callum McGregor, James Forrest, Ryan Christie and Scott Sinclair. I look at how they play and learn from them. They've done so much in their careers. They've played at the highest level, so it's great to look at how they play and learn from what they do. Looking at the players who've come through the academy and are now in the first team, it's really inspiring. They've all done incredibly well and they're great role models for every young boy. That's also come through the academy to look up to. It's really good that they're here and helps us keep focused. It's my job now to get the head down again, work hard and hopefully take more chances as they come. By Chief Football Writer Matthew Lindsay. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Sister of homeless woman found dead in Glasgow dies in second tragedy. A woman who has not been named died on January 17th. She was found dead in a tent in Watson Street near Gallagate. It has now emerged her younger sister died just a few days later. A fundraising page has been set up to try and help repair's mother with funeral expenses. So far it has reached £715 in six days. McKinnon's Bar in Gallagate near Glasgow Cross has shared the fundraising page and is encouraging people to donate. No from the bar wished to comment on her sister's death or the fundraising effort. On the GoFundMe page, she said no mother should try and have to bury a child, never mind two, and trying to take a burden away from her with funeral bills, etc. She should be grieving, not worrying about how she's going to manage paying for two funerals. Anyone who wishes to donate to help the family can donate on GoFundMe page. The Evening Times Sport, recorded on the 29th of January 2019. John Hartson says modern-day players can't accept criticism in the wake of Neil Lennon's hip suspension by Graham McGarry. John Harson says that modern-day players cannot accept criticism in the same way that he and Neil Lennon did when they were teammates at Celtic. Lennon was suspended as a Burnian manager on Friday night following a reported bust-up with striker Florian Camberi, who reacted angrily and threatened to quit the club over being singled out at a team meeting to go over the midweek defeat at Motherwell. And while Hartson stressed that he wasn't privy to the details of what was said at that meeting, he believes that players these days would be shocked if they were exposed to the sort of personal abuse dished out by the likes of former Celtic manager Martin O'Neill. Neil would get on my case when we were teammates, but that was only because his standards were so high and he had such a ferocious will to win. Hartson said, Neil has probably laid out a few home truths, but he doesn't need me to tell him that players now are not like they were 15 or 20 years ago. We just accepted criticism, and in fact it fired us up. Martin O'Neill would slaughter me, saying that I was too heavy and that I had too many crocodile sandwiches the night before a game, but I never went running to my agent. He gave us some horrendous personal abuse. You would think to yourself, that is wrong gaffer, that's personal. He could humiliate you in front of the team and make you feel so small, but it was accepted you took it on the chin and you made damn sure it wasn't you that was taking the rollicking the following week. Nowadays, football is different and players are different. If there is an issue or a player isn't happy, they will run to their agent so they can quite easily manufacture a way out of the club. For me, if a player isn't getting on with his manager, it's because they are not willing to get their head down and make sure that their relationship with their gaffer gets better. Players now can't accept the bollocking, it would seem. Neil would have been looking for a reaction. He would have been wanting his player to think, I'll show you, and next Saturday I'm going to prove you wrong. By Gary McGarry. This is an article from the Evening Times, 31st of January 2019. Repair teams work overnight to urgently fix Glasgow train tracks amid cancellations. Network Rail altered Scotrail last night due to a track defect with a set of switches and crossings on the approach to Glasgow Central which needed urgent repair. Services to information in the Clyde and Paisley Canal were all cancelled. 
and replacement buses were put on instead. This morning, Network Rail said thanks to the teams who worked hard overnight to replace the defective points on the approach to Glasgow Central, which impacted on services to Ayrshire and Inverclyde yesterday evening. Work completed as planned and normal timetable in place today. Scottwell added a huge thank you to Network Rail Scotland engineers who worked all through the night to replace defective points on the approach to Glasgow Central. This means services are running normally today in the Ayrshire Inverclyde areas. Travellers are encouraged to check their journey at journeycheck.com forward slash Scottwell. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Evening Times. This weekly talking newspaper digest was a Q&Review recording service production. The readers were volunteers at Q&Review and the producer was Jordan Duncan. Q&Review Recording Service Limited is a registered Scottish charity. Number SC018016. Our registered office is at 18 Crowhill Road, Bishop Briggs, Glasgow, G641QY. Remember, you can always get in contact with us by email at information at qandreview.com or by leaving us a message on our answering service at 0141 772 3976.